Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded yep. live. Good morning, it's Emma. Hello, Danielle. Hi, everyone. Hello. Who's here? I see a couple of people. Deepa. Shoshana here. Hi. Hi. And Danielle's here. Good morning. Good morning. Happy is here. Nellie's here. Nellie? Who was, I'm sorry, who was who before Nellie? I couldn't hear. Bethio. Hi. And Deepa's here. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Nelly. Nelly. Hi, good morning. And Amanda's here. How are you? Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Did everyone get the um, Google Doc link? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we can see a couple people. I think are still trying to get in. Um, Who is uh, Ruth Talk? Hey, Got it. Okay, I couldn't figure that one out yet. Sorry, I should have put my name on it. Yeah, uh, that was totally fine. So did, was this, did you guys, I feel like I missed something maybe. I'm not really sure um, about sending these in. So we talked about it before. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a requirement. It's really just a way to Got kind it. of guide guide the business call a little bit more. We used to do an open mastermind call. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, we still will be doing that today um, because, you know, if you've had a chance to review other people's contracts or paperwork or outlines or anything like that, it's really, it's it's about helping all of our doulas have access to different styles. And, you know, for the most part, every intake and every contract is a template in many ways. But it will be tweaked and it will be altered according to your own practice and your own vision. And um, so sometimes it's about, you know, somebody feeling stuck on a specific issue around business. Um, it could be um, wanting just to make sure that they feel like they're covered in their contract so we can yeah. review that. We don't have to go through, I mean, I'm going to give each person time to talk about what they want to talk about. So it can be, hey, guys, can we all look at my contract together right now and review it? I'm going to make some points on things that I think are important to have included on every contract. Um, But, you know, if you're, for example, having, you know, you're feeling like you want some brainstorming during your time while we're on our call today to talk about interviews or to talk about um, getting more clients or whatever it may be, you can take the time to do that too. 
sounds good. What? 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 I must be somebody in the background. Um, Arthur, are you on the call? Yes. Hey. Good morning. I saw you logged in, but I wasn't sure if you actually got on the audio part. Yes. Hi. Um, anybody else join? Is Becky on? I'm on, yeah. Hi, Becky. Hello. I just want to make sure I know who's here so I can give each person some time. Um, Annie, are you on? I know you're far away. I don't know if you're here. I don't think she's on yet. Um, and um, Brooke? I don't think Brooke is joining because she's teaching a class. Oh, okay. Arsley and Janelle are here. Janelle? Did I hear correct? Oh, Annie is here, she said. Hello? Hi, who is that? Arsley and Janelle are here. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Good to hear and you. And she's joining us, too. She's not here quite yet. Sophie is? Okay, great. Are you all in the same space? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Okay, great. So let's get started. Um, I, I am going to take some time to open up the, the doc. And um, Amanda, you're the first person on the on the Google Doc. How do you want to use this time? Do you want us to kind of all together be reviewing your paperwork, your contract? Do you have any questions about that, or is there anything else regarding your business and practice that you want to focus on? And I'll uh, give this person a few minutes because I'm going to be. I, I see that there are lots of people on the call, so I want to make sure we'll get through everyone and touch upon everyone's questions. Yeah, um, I. Uh, that's that's all the big questions, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I, I guess I, I would want to know from other people, like, how – I know that Danielle had mentioned somewhere in her paperwork was that she's connecting to other people just by, like, casual um, connections by going to a birthday party and you happen to see somebody. And I, I feel like I always miss the boat on that of, like, how do I casually talk about this, even though I clearly see there's a – beautiful pregnant belly in front of me and I somehow feel like I'm overstepping my authority. I don't know what it is that I just don't feel like I can say, hey, I'm a doula. You have one? You know what that is? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels forced. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like there's so much like a pregnant mom just is always, I feel like when I was pregnant, it's like I want to touch the belly and what kind of where who you what kind of, are you gonna have a boy or a girl like there's always constantly questions that I don't mm-hmm. want to be part of that overwhelmingness that you may be feeling. So sure. Yeah. Well um you know I feel like I feel like for some people it's really natural to just chat it up that way and approach people. Um and it just feels it feels comfortable to do that. Um or it's just you know they're not they're not it's just what they would be doing anyway. And for other people, it does feel more 
more thought forth and it's um you know, I think it's kind of just trying it out. There may be times where you're having those conversations and I know for myself I shared that feeling or it did feel very forced in the beginning and so I just wanted to talk to pregnant women and I would try and drop the idea of like it being a potential client. I just wanted to talk and share maybe about what a doula was but also just hear about their experience Um, and maybe kind of shifting that energy of talking because maybe you're trying to market even though that may come naturally to just talking because you're passionate about this that may uh-huh. feel a little bit different for you and also open up more connections, um, you know, and shift the energy of the conversation too. Yeah. Um, does anyone else have anything to add to that or feel that way? Um, I I have something to add. In, um, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Over um, sorry, it's Arsley. So I feel like one of the nice things about talking about like approaching women, you know, outside of the usual like typical questions of like, oh, when are you due? Um, do you know what you're having? Like, do you have names picked out? I think it's also really nice to have the kinds of questions that the sort of like, oh, provider, you know, where are you delivering? How do you like, have you done a visit already, um, you know, for, to the facilities? Um, that could also be a really nice way to kind of open up the conversation so that it's more about also sharing, like, your knowledge and resources without immediately going into, like, hey, you want to, you know, interview me to be your doula, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar to that, this is Becky, sometimes similar to that, I'll say something like, oh, my client, or I had a previous client who, some kind of connection, like delivered there or had that, or had that experience. And they're like, wait, client, what? What do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, Safia, um, I used my time in the UK a lot for that sort of breaking the ice interviewing thing. And for me, it was really just as simple as, Hi, how are you? And Abadula, would you like to share your, your birth story with me? I'm using this time to learn about, you know, the different types of birth compared here to the U.S. and that sort of thing. And I was just surprised at as long as a woman had a baby already, or she, was pre- she wanted to share her story. And so I used that yeah. as a way of just learning the different ways of breaking the ice. I mean, I went to the movie theater. I had my business cards with me. I saw a very pregnant belly. I, I was like, hi, mama. And her partner tapped on the shoulder. And I said, this is my card. I'm a doula. Call me if you have any questions. And I just ran off. So I just yeah. left it as easy as it is that, hey, I'm here. If you want me to talk to me, if you just need somebody to talk to, you can. If not, you don't have to, but it, I, I didn't try to make it so much of a question and answer, but kind of like, right. is there anything you wanted to share about your experience? And just left myself in the learning space, and it, Hello? they just went right Hello? 
Yeah. Hello? Hello? Who's there? Hi, I'm sorry. This is Nelly. I, I have to hang up. I, I want to stay on the call, but I can't. I'm, I'm going to start driving to New York now to leave Orlando. Okay. Um, is there any way I can I can call anyone so they can give me, like, a feedback on everything? Well, I can Just call. Nelly, you can call me. Okay, great. The call will be recorded, Nelly. Okay. All right. Sorry, guys. Okay. Bye. 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 Um, I think those are great points. You know, try and remember that most pregnant people are getting either bombarded with information, judgment, stories that may not be as positive. Um, so there, to have like just an interaction that's just about how are you, like in a real way, just like how are you feeling, and you know, there's just a genuine interest in somebody's story. I think is really wonderful for people and, and welcomed. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at your business goals too. And a lot of your business goals are around the postpartum piece, um, which, you know, I think again, kind of, it will go hand in hand. Like at, the more you create that part of your business as you're building out support groups, um, doing interviews in your community, Really, just do that, having those conversations will lend themselves to. Oh, I also know this pregnant person, and you know, oh, this neighbor of mine is pregnant, or whatever it is that will um, expand past the postpartum and kind of circle back to pregnant people. Right. I think that's my natural feel. That the more you're out there doing on either side, the more work you'll get on both sides. Right. Great. I love your business name, too. I think it's really great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, one last thing that I found helpful, um, and I didn't get to share it, this is Safiya, on, on the Facebook page, is that I, I put on the back of my business card, what is a doula? <laughs> and um, and the different services offered. That way, a lot of time wasn't spent on, oh, what is a doula, you know, kind of a thing. As soon as I turned, they're like, oh, okay, and they had that with them. So mm-hmm. if anybody um, is interested in kind of having little snippets of information, um that you just pass on, I find that that is very helpful, especially when you kind of just come across um, a beautiful bump and you don't necessarily have time to stop, but, you know, the information is there. Yeah. Right. And one more thing that I did want to just touch upon was something that my goal is there... I had written that um, I want to help create a Facebook group for moms who are supported by DTI doulas so that they have a built-in network. Um, mm-hmm. Does that exist at mm-hmm. already? No, so I saw that too, which I think is such a great idea. You know, I think there's so much that can be done locally for each doula group that hasn't quite happened yet. And that was really the idea um, and I see it happening naturally with your group as you guys are getting together in person and really networking amongst yourselves. 
Um, but the idea behind the DTI ambassador was that, that like each local area has the potential to create a much stronger network for their community um, and for doulas to pair up, for doula collectives to begin, whatever it may be where you're feeling like, okay, we all have the same foundation and we can offer that to our community. Or, you know, I'm working independently, but I'm – it can be whatever you guys dream up, really. There can be that kind of stronger DTI network um, where, you know, your clients or families that you're meeting have access to to all of you. So, you know, I feel like it's it's something that you could you could run with as an idea and you could contact Simone, who's our ambassador, and say, you know, when's the next monthly meeting? We'd love to get together. Or we have some ideas we want to explore and see. You know, or I have this idea I would love to share with you guys. Does anyone, you know, is anyone interested in being part of that with me? Right. Okay. Because we have the platform to share that information and we're growing all the time. It's just really, um, I think, for the local communities to take to take hold and take that initiative and, and run with it. Right. Which is really exciting because, you know, there's there's so much going on that I think um, we could be doing just regionally. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> it's great. Great. Has Simone been in touch with you guys? Like, do you guys yeah. have a sense of when the next, meeting is, are there regular meetings that are happening in Brooklyn or New York City? Yeah, there's a my house in about three weeks. Great. I mean, it's on, like, the Facebook calendar is for, like, October 3rd, but uh, we've just realized that that's the miles for midwives. uh, Oh, yeah. Uh So we're going to, I'm going to probably change it to the following weekend. Okay. That's great. Um, and I'm going to, if you guys just look out, I was going to pose a question about daytime, like, you know, times and stuff like that. So everybody just look out to respond if, if that's available. That's great. Um, we're also doing things like, I, I mean, Simone is also trying to organize. Um, I, I set her up with a master herbalist to try to do, um, like, an herbs workshop. Um, mm-hmm. And... The first one, it happened earlier this summer, this summer, but I think there was just a lot of people out of town or um, I don't know if enough, like, marketing or publicity went out about it. Um, but it, there was, like, I think one person or something. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're trying to do it again for maybe a little bit later in, in October. Um, so we're trying to find a venue for that and everything. But that's great. You know, gatherings like that too are yeah are yeah. around. That's wonderful. I can. I mean, that's. I think that's kind of the vision that we have for each region. You know, is that there's just more happening that's led by DTI doulas and and it's it's just it's out there in the community in a more tangible way than just a training coming every several months. So there's more continuity. Um, and with that said, you know, if you have a, an idea for a workshop that you're wanting to lead, you can also propose that too. So I'll just throwing that out there. Great. All right. Um, Ruth Talk Doula. That's me. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I know. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> 
<laughs> another great name. Um, what what would you like to focus on for yourself? To look at your contract together, do you feel solid in some of your forms? I feel uh, pretty confident about my forms. I've got mm-hmm. the opportunity to use them a couple times. I right. do feel like um, I was having some concerns that my intake was too long. Mm-hmm. And then the clients that I've, or like the people that I've given the intake to so far, haven't seemed put put off by the length of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I did feel really um, strongly that I just want I I know for myself like when I write stuff down or have my own you know like private time to complete something I might be more forthcoming than in a conversation with a relative stranger so I just wanted to be really like thorough about <clears throat> asking about what people were bringing into their birth experiences and I was a little concerned about that because I was like you know are people going to be willing to share but um you know, like I said, the couple of clients that I've given it to so far have been very um, receptive to it, so that that was nice. Um, I have been having some of the same feelings as Amanda about just, like, I feel like I see pregnant people all the time, and we were joking. <laughs> I see them all the time at Publix, and I'll be, like, rolling down the window, like, driving by them really slowly, and, like, you know, we were just joking that, you know, how do you approach people? Um, you know, how do you how do you get comfortable with approaching people? So that's something I've been w- wondering about. And then the other thing I've been wondering about is the Facebook element or, like, the social media element of the business and mm-hmm. how effective that is for people. Actually, I was talking with Danielle and some folks about this, but how effective it is to... Um, use social media or not use social media and what people's experiences with that has been. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think? Um, I think for me, I feel like it's important for social media. Like um, I see Amanda's Facebook page all the time and every time I see it pop up, it goes, oh my God, I keep needing to find that day to just sit in front of the computer and make the Facebook page and, you know, things like that. And my other friends who have one, even, uh, you know, I work with Carriage House and I follow other doulas and pages and stuff like that. So, you know, I do think that aspect is just kind of unavoidable, you know, like we, we just need the social media, you know, unfortunately, like the kind of, you know, community we're in. And, um, yeah, so that's my thing. I keep, every time I see somebody's, like, Facebook page, like, through my my feed, I'm like, oh, I, keep, I need to do that. You know, it's like, <laughs> keeps reminding me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Arsley. I want to add to that, but for me, it's not so much, like, I, I'm not yet feeling the, like, oh, I really need to get my Facebook page like, together, it's more, like, it's been really nice using social media to sort of get a read on, um, I guess, on the environment, like, see other people's, hear about other people's experiences with various <clears throat> with various um, institutions, and, um, and 
like, you know, it's also sort of been a nice, not icebreaker, but I mean, I guess sort of like an electronic icebreaker to see if, if like a mom or if someone posts something, if they have a question or something to be able to say, oh, you know, I had a client or I have a friend who, or, you know, my experience so far has been, you know, or even, you know, in some cases to just flat out say, you know, as a doula, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been a nice way to kind of, I feel like I'm getting my name out there, but without being like super aggressive. Um, but I'm also still, you know, like I'm not off topic. I'm answering questions and I'm, I feel like I'm still providing um you know, a resource, even if, like, sort of regardless of whether or not they're going to interview me or, or hire me or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. But, yeah. but, but really, it's been super useful to get the, like, to get the dirt on, like, who's doing what, how they're doing it, and, and all that stuff. Like, really getting a good idea of what the climate is like in, in the city, you know, where I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, Safia, it has been difficult in the sense that um, before the training, I was already kind of weaning myself off of Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, and so when we we after we had the training and stuff, and we started to you know become friends, and I started to see these groups, and um, you know, um, joining these groups. I found myself becoming very overwhelmed, like unable to catch up on all the comments from all the groups and all it. So it, it it was taking me time before I found out, you know, like stuff was going out, if persons were needed, mm-hmm. and I just didn't see it because there was just too much coming to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, apart from the fact that I am also connected mm-hmm. to different persons, you know, in different regions of the world. So for me, it was just kind of like, what the heck is going on? And how how can I deal with this? So, I mean, I had actually approached someone to do my Facebook page for me. And I haven't even been able to get back to her because the thought of going on Facebook is almost scary to me now. I'm just like, it's too much. And I'm finding that I may need to just... um ease back a little and just come off of some stuff and just make sure that I get stuff that I need to get done. Because on my phone, um, you, I can't do everything as I would on a laptop. So it means for me to be on Facebook and to go through things properly, I have to sit down in one place doing that. And I'm just like, I really don't have the time. So that's my problem with the social media aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong approach. You know, I think that for some people, social media, they have their own relationship with social media that's really comfortable and other people really work outside of it. And um, I think that's, you know, that's part of, I think, at least from BTI's perspective of like honoring the autonomy of our doula's experiences. Some people, I mean, they're joined on Facebook so they can be part of our doula group and that's it. They don't post otherwise. They're not, you know, that's not how they're going to build their business. 
Um, there are plenty of community doulas that stay off of social media, and, and it's just really in-person meetings or they're doing info nights or they're building relationships with people um, face-to-face and they're making phone calls and they're having tea consultations and, I mean, going to offices and meeting midwives or doctors or nurses or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I encourage you, if you're not somebody who wants to um, be putting that energy into social media, to then put the energy you have to put the energy somewhere, somewhere, right? All business yeah. requires growth and energy, and it, it requires output. And, you know, I think there's probably the ideal balance somewhere in there of spreading information and also maintaining human connection, you know? Right. Um, so you don't feel overwhelmed and kind of zapped by mm-hmm. all the outside influences, Um that, you know, that can sometimes kind of drain energy rather than nourish us, um, you know. So it's such, a, it's such an individual thing. And I think we're, we're still discovering that, how social media affects our, our lives, our mental, emotional health, all of that, our exactly. businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's well, really, you know, really unique to each person. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think it's that. I think it's just for me finding a balance between, you know, this world that's so oversaturated with the Internet and social media and then also, like, wanting to build my business, obviously, and then wanting to have a presence online. You know, if someone Googles me or Googles Roots Talk Doula and I don't, you know, I don't want to have a Facebook page that has, like, three followers. So it's like, how do you create a balance of you know, representing yourself well in the internet world and then also, like, staying clear on what your own, like, boundaries are around the internet and, you know, whatever. So, anyway, that's really helpful. Thank you. And one idea that comes to mind is to write. You know, like, let's say you really have something you're wanting to share, but you don't want it to be shared in 150 posts or comments, threads, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Day after day after day after day after day. And so, you know, gather your work and, you know, find a way to get your voice out there that may be more about, it's like you're having more control over how you're expressing yourself, where you're posting and sharing a blog or an article or something like that. But it may be something that you're saying, okay, this is important to me. I want my voice to be included in a conversation or I want my point of view to be out there and I'm going to blog about it. And maybe that will then be shared and it's not... It's a different way, I think, of being part of social media without that constant output. And um, and it's a little more strategic, too. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I've gotten, actually, like, a lot of really positive responses on that piece that I wrote for DTI, which, in a way, yeah. became, like, a really good marketing tool for me, which I never thought it would be. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been awesome. But, um, yeah, I agree with Deepa. I for me, like I haven't, I haven't set up a website or a Facebook page yet because I feel like I don't honestly have that much to post on it. Like I don't have a lot of photos or testimonials. So I've been kind of struggling with whether it would even be useful to have one at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So yeah, that's where I'm at with the website, but Mm -hmm. And, you know, you may want to start off with a website that's really for your clients. So, you know, mm-hmm. you go you go on an interview or you meet a potential client and you have a website that's really informational. 
what a doula is, a little bit about yourself. Something simple, you know, with some statistics on the benefits of a doula. Could ha- you could have your blog piece there. Just something mm-hmm. that kind of allows them to see, oh, she's, she's, you know, I looked her up and I found her. Um, yeah. If you wanted to, you know, I don't think it has to be, um, you know, something like with 20 testimonials for it to be legitimate. And you, they would know that you were starting out too. So, you know, it's, it's, it can, you can make it, you know, be, serve your, your purpose right now, which is sharing about who you are and trying to build your practice and get clients and go to birth, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think if you have to limit your time online, Metropolitan Doula Group has been the most fruitful for me in terms of getting clients. Just when someone posts a, someone looking for a doula and I like the price, you know, like the price range posted, like emailing that person immediately um, and including yeah. a personalized email, but then also my bio, my packages, a few like things people say about me. Um, it yielded me two clients quickly just, just going through Metropolitan Zula Group. Um, and I don't have a website set up yet, so I kind of just have the content of what would be in a website um, in the email that I send them. What group did you say, Becky? Metropolitan Doula Group. Okay. Yeah. I have an email list and a Facebook page, and it seems like some posts are in one place and some posts are in the other. Okay. I'll post it on our page. It's a really active page, and yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, I see posts all the time. I need a backup for this. I can't go to a birth. Does anyone want to volunteer birth? Like, it's, you know, that kind of thing is being posted quite often. Yeah, I got I got my first client from the New York Metro Doula Group, so it's been. Mm-hmm. It's and been they like, also have a listserv too. Um, that's off Facebook. Is that still happening? Yeah. Um, the Google Group. The, yeah. 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 So you know, it's it's both. So you know, make sure you're part of things like that as well. Um, it's really helpful. I'm going to post it onto our page so you guys can see it. Um, Okay, great. I think you are next, Becky. I'm pretty sure. Let me look. Yeah. Um, So I I don't think my intake form showed up correctly. I think just the first page showed up, but it looks similar enough to what everybody else was asking on their intake, too. the question I wanted to ask about, I really like Araceli's postpartum um, write-up kind of about what you do as a postpartum doula and what kind of gets actually that involved. Um, thinking about going in two weeks to the CLC training, so mm-hmm. just legally and kind of how you write that out, like do you make two separate contracts and when those scopes kind of overlap with a client, yeah. So that, how do you tease that out? Do I make a postpartum doula contract? I make a CLC contract, and whichever one I'm primarily doing for that person as a package, that's the contract they sign. And then, like Araceli, I think you said before, you kind of let them know if you feel like your scope is going into the other venue. I, how have other people kind of teased that out when it's kind of two separate certifications? This comes up a lot for doulas that are CLCs and postpartum doulas or IBCLCs. Mm-hmm. So one way I, you know that I like to think about it is just pack, offering different packages. 
you may have just a birth and postpartum doula contract um, and then either within that postpartum piece have another package that's offered saying, I am also certified as a CLC. And while that information will be shared with you in my postpartum support, if you would like X amount of additional hours, mm-hmm. this is the price for kind of more in-depth breastfeeding support. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of make that definition clear um, because you you will have more knowledge than a postpartum doula. You do have more knowledge as a CLC when it comes to breastfeeding than a postpartum doula that hasn't taken that type of training. So you could have a separate piece for just being hired, and that could live, you know, somewhere on your website, if, you know, that you say, or in an email that says, <clears throat> you know, if you're looking for just breastfeeding support, um, mm-hmm. this is my package. Uh-huh. And that's kind of your CLC package. And if you're looking for general postpartum support, it's more included in, in your regular package price. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what gets hard, you know, what I hear from a lot of doulas that are both, it's really hard in a conversation when you have knowledge to suddenly say, sorry, I can't share that because um, that's my CLC training or, you know, I'm going to charge you right. extra. That's like obviously not how it would have. So I think you really need to be clear about usually it has to do with time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to spend your four-hour block as a postpartum doula, but you know you're going to be including more, does that fall under a package with more extensive breastfeeding support and resources? And you right. could even create some kind of resource packet that's based on your CLC knowledge um, that's included in that other price. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you hire me with this, I'm also, I wear lots of different hats, and I would explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you you don't do that. The other option is to create a postpartum package that's just all inclusive, and you're going into that postpartum relationship knowing you have that additional training and support, and you price it appropriately, right. reflecting that. Yeah, I was debating doing and that. Or, you know, that's another way. I, yeah, I was trying to figure that out, or. When you're doing something else like a CLC, do you do you say like you know like lesser hours but a slightly higher hourly fee if I'm just focusing on breastfeeding support? Like, does anyone structure it like that? I think they do. Yeah. I mean, I know doulas that specifically will go for visits as CLCs, not mm-hmm. as postpartum doulas, and have a higher price for that hourly rate. Yeah, I think I I remember seeing that, seeing a thread like that on the um, Metro Dula group um, Uh on the Google Google group, Um, and I definitely had sort of a one-off conversation with um, uh, with another Dula who also is, um, who's a CLC, and who kind of, yeah, that's basically what she said. She's like, I do this and I do that, but if they are needing, you know, additional support or whatever, I let them know that I am also available for hire as a CLC and these uh-huh. are the ways to use a CLC. Right. Yeah. And I think she even has it on her on her webpage. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. Okay. Um Annie, can, I think you can hear us, but I don't know if you can talk. Can you, are you there? 
I think she can only hear us. Let me see. I'm not sure. Um, Danielle? Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to say that I'm getting a lot of feedback on the line. I don't know if anyone else experiences it. There's like a lot of words that I can't make out. It's really hard. So I think next time I'm going to try to dial in through the computer, but um, so forgive me if if I don't respond right away or here. But um, so so if everyone, so if you're feeling, if you're hearing that, I have a really clear connection. But but I would. Okay. Um, I can hear you guys well, but if you're hearing that kind of background feedback, you for everyone else on the call, you can mute yourself and while Danielle's talking, and it should help quite a bit. Okay. It just kind of feels like everyone who speaks, their mouth is too close to the phone. Oh, yeah. Versus kind of like static. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm trying my best over here. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. Okay, so for the paperwork aspect, I wrote um, a business plan, and that is in flux just due to me being new to the area and not necessarily sure if we're going to try to route here or go back to the city, Um, but it was definitely helpful to go through that outline. And then as far as the paperwork, the intake form and everything, um, those I largely... Um, adapted from Carriage House because, you know, I was their client at one time and I'm also um, working with them now for clients in certain suburbs, but I haven't um, used them yet. And I am editing based on, you know, interviews I'm having and then longer conversations with, I guess, potential prospects in the community. Um, But that was just a rough baseline at that time. I think something that I would like to ask yourself in the group is, um, and I know we talked about this in the training, but I I feel like I have a little bit more experience and understanding now, and I just like to revisit it, but how does everyone respond, especially if you're a new doula, how does everyone respond to the question of, you know, how many births have you attended? And then along the same line, how many births have you attended for a specific type of birth? So say, for example, high risk or um, a twin birth. And, you know, how do you keep that relationship going or how do you try to when it seems to be a concern of theirs? Um, So, Danielle, for me, um, you know, part of this process that's discouraging is the fact that... um, you know, you have people looking for a specific kind of person or person who's had certain kind of specific experiences. And it's, you know, hard to not take it really personally if you haven't been to a twin birth and they're having twins. And they really just want a doula who has done that. And it makes sense why they would want somebody with that kind of experience. Um, and so, you know, I've had just recently two women who very politely and very nicely just say they were going with somebody else because they found someone who had experience that was more specific to their situation. You know, so in relation to someone saying like, have you been to a high-risk birth or anything like that? I think, I don't know. For me, it's just, I guess, um, my side is, 
being okay or open with the fact that however you respond, like, they just might not be willing to take that risk. And, you know, um, hoping that the next mom you meet is willing to, like, because they get along with you and vibe with you so well or like you so much that they're okay with the fact that you may not have had a high-risk pregnancy, like, experience or client. Uh, so that's my side of it. You know, I don't know. I mean, Danielle, you're so open and caring and, like, sweet. Like, I I can't say that I can't imagine you responding in such a way that it would ever be off-putting. I think sometimes the only part that maybe is off-putting for these mothers is just they wanting somebody who has already kind of towed that line a little bit. Sometimes I talk about when I started out, I would talk about how, you know, just reminding them that I'm not there for the medical advice and for the specific, um, you know, things that are in the scope of their midwife or OB and that the support that I provide is, you know, most importantly, holding this space for them and creating a safe environment for them, um, you know, so that they can have the most ideal birth they're able to have in this situation, um, which isn't specific to, you know, any certain risk category or um, certain type of birth. Yeah. I I want to add, this is Arsley, I want to add to, like, I've been, so, so far, I've done six interviews, I think, six interviews, and there's three clients, and I think, I feel like at each one, within the first couple of minutes, I got a pretty good sense of whether or not we were like vibing well and they were going to hire me. Um, Mm -hmm. That's true. It's just like a blind date. (laughs) It is. It's like a blind date. And I think that, you know, there are going to be, there are going to be those clients who are very, very wedded to like wanting to, as Shoshana said, like finding sort of a specific or a doula with sort of a specific set or specific number, um, something that they're comfortable with. Um, and I had one client who, when they interviewed me, you know, they were a little discouraged about the number of births that I had been to, but because we had we had such good chemistry. And this was even on Skype, <laughs> like because we had good chemistry, and because I, you know, as Becky mentioned, we talked about. I focused on sort of, you know, reminding them that it was about it was, you know, this process is intimate, and my role there is not medical, and this is really about me being, like, you know, in in your space, like being allowed by them in their space. Um, it it was. They were like, yeah, and and it was also a couple who, you know, who they were an Orthodox couple, and they were like, have you ever, do you know, you know, have you ever worked with an Orthodox couple before? Do you know sort of the rules around, you know, engagement? And I was like, I I honestly have no idea, but I know other, you know, I have colleagues who have, and I am, you know, more than happy to do the research to, to help to help you figure that out. Um, and, and I knew that, like, I felt like that interview had gone well, and they did contact me back and say, you know, 
I know there is this, this, and this, but I think we would really like to work with you. And then we didn't work together because of the pricing. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just sort of those, I think it's really important to remember that this is like a relationship um, that is not necessarily, that is not like the, the kind of relationship that they would have with their OB or with their sort of other providers where you do want to make sure that they have, you know, this technical skill and knowledge um, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to guide you through sort of these, these medical things. Yeah. Also, Danielle, um, I think what has been said is really, really important, the whole thing about not being medical. But just for your own confidence to remember that you have transferable skills from your other experiences in life that lend to the support of a woman in birth and postpartum. So um, I remember we did this in the training when we broke up in groups, and that was one of the specific things. I think your response or your, your tone and your nonverbal skills when you're answering, um, no, I have not you know, being, I haven't attended a twin birth or something like that, is actually going to be very important than just the information of the number of births. If you, if you seem uncomfortable, if you seem unsure of yourself, if you seem as if you are afraid of even that question, they may take that on um, non-verbally and in the energy to say, um, well, if she's not sure of herself, Maybe we can't trust that. But you can have zero births and come off as if you're well-versed. And the fact that you've had your own birth has its own merit, even by itself. So um, I would say just to ensure your own confidence is there, knowing that this is going to be a question um, that you know, even practices with your husband or other friends of being asked that question in different ways and just kind of how you answer that and how, how you come off to them. Yeah. Okay, great. Those are all great responses. Thank you. Okay, great. Great feedback. Um, mm. The birthing bee. I think that's Nellie. I think it's sure. Brooks. Is it Brooks? I'm pretty sure. There's no name. I'm trying to see. It's Brooks. It's Brooks. It's Brooks. It's Brooks. Okay. Um, So one thing that I wanted to just point out on some of the contracts um, is around kind of what around refunds and non-refundable policies for doula contracts and around um, like any kind of uh, special circumstances that may come up. And I think some of you guys included it in different clauses and other contracts don't have it. It's a personal choice to include things like this, but um, I think it is important to, in, in any contract, write out when something's non-refundable. Um, and that may be around birth, like either 
precipitous births or uh, cesarean births or uh, any outcomes that may have happened that weren't planned, right? Um, I have been with clients where we worked and, uh, you know, whether it was an induction that was looming or, you know, eventually a client was scheduled for a cesarean and then they just said, you know, we don't feel like we need a doula there. And Mm -hmm. then they didn't feel they wanted to pay. But I had done all the prenatals and wanted to go with them and support them. But they just were kind of shutting down and also feeling like they didn't really understand why a doula would be beneficial if she had a cesarean. Yeah, that happened to me. So I learned in that experience to have something added into my contract because it was a lot of back and forth about what contracted work looks like, right? Like you may not take on another client or two or three other clients if you are really dedicated to somebody in this on-call period. Um, And so, you know, again, I think I always go back to the point that my price really reflects support. I don't value one type of birth over another. I don't, I don't add more time. If a birth is longer, I don't deduct more. I don't deduct a price uh, if a birth is shorter. Like it has nothing to do with the birth experience. It has everything to do with you hired me for support and support is available regardless of what happens. And so pricing yourself really in, in a way that makes you feel like this is really right and reflects that is important. Um, and then also protecting yourself in your contract and having wording in your contract or some type of a non-refundable clause or protective clause that states um, what that policy looks like for you in your practice, I think is an important thing to add in. Um, as well as time, you know, like if you are committed to um, getting to a birth in X amount of time, and, you know, the onus is on you and you made some mistake or you didn't, your phone was off or whatever it is. Those types of things happen all the time. And I think the more you have in your contract that talks about that, the better. MA, do you think clear. MA, do you think that you could just kind of uh, do a Snapchat, like not a Snapchat, like a snapshot, sorry, of just an example of wording for your, how you word your refundable, like, Sure. Process because I think it's a delicate thing to add in, and I agree it's very important. And it's not on my current contract. Um, and while and I haven't added mine yet because I am redoing the whole thing. I'm really re- reworking the whole process, and so I'd like to really make sure when I redo it that it's you know very inclusive of everything you're discussing. And uh, I think because that is so delicate, I would really like you know, an example maybe, if that's possible? Absolutely. So in my contract, I have something that actually talks about compassionate cesarean birth in my contract and that as a doula, I still accompany you when I'm, you know, when I can into the OR. And if I can't get into the OR, if that's the outcome of your birth, then I still stay for many hours postpartum. I actually have something that describes what a compassionate civilian birth is and that um, that doulas are still encouraged to be part of that experience. Mm. Um, that comes before my afterbirth. This is kind of my, what I generally do. I have that compassionate civilian part. Um, I also, in my, okay. So here's how it reads. Um, 
failure to provide service. I will make every effort to provide the services described herein. Sometimes this is impossible, for example, a precipitous labor. If my failure to attend your birth is due to my error, there will be no charge for my service beyond the retainer prenatal visit fee. If it is due to circumstances beyond anyone's control or your failure to call me or refusal to use me for your labor and or birth, including cesareans, then the full amount is non-refundable. That's how mine reads. I actually have another one that talks about weather because of where I live, like blizzards and something like that, inclement weather. Um, let me see if I can find that one. I think um, there's three different examples in our binder, too. I think um, yours, M.A., and Tara's, and Gina's um, all have that language. I, I think I modeled mine after Tara's, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Um, and then do you do, with payment, do you do a 50% retainer fee and then, like, the remaining balance is due at a different time? I do. Yeah. I do 50% as a retainer fee when I'm hired, and then the mm-hmm. remainder, remainder is, due, um, is due at 38 weeks. Mm-hmm. So if a client... Earlier, it's going to be 35, 36, but I do recommend getting paid in full before the birth. Right, Okay. If a client um, canceled your services before the 38-week marker, do you not charge them the remaining? So you only get paid the 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 hiring balance? No, they would be responsible for the full amount. Okay, because that that's what happened to me. I my first client, um, I um, asked for a 50% retainer fee at hiring and then she ended up her baby was breech and she was having um a c-section and she i really felt her shutting down and i knew like she was going to cancel my services but i had it in my contract so that um i wasn't i wasn't able to get paid in full i only got the the hiring fee so i think i'm going to probably reword my contract as well Mm mm-hmm yeah, and again, you know, so let's say you're, you know, the way I think about it is as doulas, we're, we're planning out months and months in advance. So for mm-hmm. whatever reason, you know, um, something happens, and they're, they're, it, but it's just about this, maybe they decide to not have a doula or something. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you've either been on call or you're, um, you may have done several prenatals, phone support, mm-hmm. support. So... I feel like you know it protects it protects the doula. It's a business model that protects the doula. The only yeah. time I've refunded is if there's been some kind of loss. Okay. You know I would not. I that's I mean and 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 that's also something though to think about. I mean this is a very sensitive topic, but you know you could be at a birth and it's a stillbirth, or maybe you know so there's some kind of fetal demise at like, I don't know, 38 weeks. Um, In my, the way that I would imagine something like that playing out, I would be there as the doula. I would totally Mm -hmm. be there as the postpartum doula. I would just bring that time and that support into that experience as the doula. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this woman in particular that I'm thinking of had lost her baby um, like at 20-something weeks, 24, 25 Mm -hmm. weeks, and we hadn't met yet. And so I sent back her retainer. Yeah. Um, 
but just look through your contract from a different lens and, you know, um, you know, do you have anything written that says I'm not medically responsible for you or your baby? Right. Yes, I do, personally. You know, um, be mindful of how you word your I don't speak on behalf, that whole concept. You know, Mm -hmm. think about how DTI talks about advocacy in that piece of it. You know, because we do have conversations. We encourage healthy, professional conversations and communication. Um, So sometimes, you know, it's sort of that whole idea of speaking on behalf. Well, that's different than just speaking and sharing, you know, sharing views, sharing input, feedback, um, conversation Mm -hmm. from a professional standpoint. So, you know, again, um, I think I have something that says there may be times when we together as a team speak to your medical provider. You know, mm-hmm. that I'm, I see myself as a doula being a professional who's part of that conversation, um, not, not speaking, you know, making decisions for them, but being part of that conversation. So my wording is pretty particular there, too. Um, yeah, those are, the, those are the main things I wanted to share, just as generalizations that I feel like are important to, to you know, just take a look at your contract and think about how you want that wording to look. Yeah. Um, I think I went through everyone that sent me something. Anyone else on the call that wants to focus on anything while we while we're here? Can take a few more minutes. Um, I wanted okay. to ask again about the the insurance, the liability insurance. Um, I think I had mentioned that uh, from what I found here, the group that you are sending us to, and I looked for other groups that uh-huh. they will only insure doulas who have plan- who have moms who have planned hospital births. And um, someone I know who is looking to conceive um, went to our workplace to kind of find out what kind of coverage is there, and there is no coverage for doulas or for birth centers. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around the whole insurance bit. Mm-hmm. And... Um, do I pay this money just for liability only if it's a planned hospital birth? Like, so I can't do home births or birth center work? Is this C and an F group, Sophia? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they changed that. It used to not be that. They didn't used to have a specification of that. That's interesting. Um, and, and what's interesting is that they said it has to be a planned hospital birth, right. not hmm. an outcome of a hospital birth. This is such a great example of how regulation of our profession only continues to increase. I mean, mm-hmm. really, I, I, can't, I have had several conversations in the last few weeks around national licensure and national regulation for doulas. And um, and really, how there is movement happening from the inside government <laughs> to to regulate doulas. So I'm not surprised to hear things like this. Um, if you know that's a, that's a personal choice. Um, do, would you not attend a home birth if you didn't have insurance? No. Um, 
I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking I mean, because well, this is a new world for me. So I I yeah, don't sure. know how I should go about this. Right. So I think it it it's it's a unique. We're in a very unique position because we're being forced to kind of mold our profession to requirements around regulation because we're the fear of not being protected, right? That's what comes up for people. God forbid something happens and I got sued or God forbid something happened and, you know, I could no longer practice as a doula or there was a terrible outcome and I was part of that. Whatever, whatever the fears are, and some, you know, but, but this is, this is what, this is the history of birth. So there, we've been regulated as birth workers all along from the beginning, very, very beginning, right, persecuted or criminalized or arrested or been kind of told what we can and can't do. And so if CMNS group is saying you can't attend births enough, for, you know, that are only hospital planned, then each doula has to make that personal decision, really. You know, you have to think about what's my comfort zone. Would I be comfortable being in, at a birth if I didn't have protection of insurance? I mean, I know what my personal answer is, but everyone has to, you know, come up with their own. And that one thing you can take consideration, kind of the history of that, because as far as that used to not be their policy, mm-hmm. but definitely was not their policy all along. So did anyone else see that? Because I'm not sure that I saw that when I filed for it. I did see that. I don't remember where. It might have been another doula group talking about it. I did see that. And the answer that that doula group was talking about was um, um, creating an LLC for yourself if you are going to be attending a significant amount of home births so that the financial responsibility wouldn't fall on your own person at home. Mm, That's right. I mean, you know, that's why... Right. So if you're going to have a business or you're going to have a partnership, you know, then Becky's right. That model would change who's re- in terms of personal responsibility and liability. And it's, I mean, I guess for me, what comes up is just the reality of what's happening more and more. I don't know what an LLC is. LLC, like, so creating an actual business that's separate from you so that the business is its own legal entity? Um, so you can do that just personally. You can file and become your own LLC. It's limited liability company. So it's basically you become a specific form of a private limited company. It's just a business structure. I'm sorry, um, a, a message was coming in and I just lost all sound. Oh, that's okay. It's a LLC is a limited liability company. It's just it's a type of business structure you can decide to have and carry. Um, and so instead of you personally as an individual being responsible for anything for payment or something like that. You, your, your business becomes the asset, not you personally. And is that the same as registering the business name or is that another step? It's a separate thing. Okay, okay. So you would need, you know, you would need to do it. Um, you could do it 
with all the layers. Wow. Okay. Some do look good together. They have a partnership, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of different models, different business models, depending on what kind of business you are. We started as an LLC. Now we're an S corp. You know, it depends on different how, how you're running the business. Um, but then you're also filing taxes in a different way as well and keeping your receipts and records, you know, to, in a different way if you're going to become an LLC. So I can post some information or a really great thing to do is to take like a small business course um, or call an SBA mm-hmm. local one and see if you can, um, you know, they usually have free business courses or even business courses for women where they'll address the differences and you can decide if that's needed or not. Um, okay, thank you. Can I ask one really quick question? Um, I know we're over time already, but... Yeah, then go ahead. If anyone needs um, to get off, feel free and I'll stay on the call. Okay. Um, I'm For me, the thing that I've been struggling the most with is, is networking and, like, really understanding, like, what that looks like and what that is. I've been trying to reach out to some, like, OBs and to some midwives, but obviously, like, they're all so, so busy, and they don't necessarily have time to, like, sit down and, like, have a coffee with a doula. And um, I don't know, just trying to, like, look at different, like, businesses or groups within the community. But, again, it's just it's something that I've been struggling with to, like, really network in person and get my name out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it does, you know, I think it takes time. Um, I, I feel like those conversations and meetings, um, they do happen, but they happen sometimes just over whether it's being at a birth and connecting with someone and then getting to know them better or um, showing up at, you know, doula, doula group meetings or different birth events. I thought you were doing like miles, miles for midwives. Have your cards. Hand them out. Yeah. Now, definitely share share your cards with different midwives and say, I'm really passionate about this one starting out, and I know you're so busy, but I would love to connect or for you if you know a client who's looking for a doula who may, you know, be starting out and they're interested in, in hiring someone like that. I would love, you know, appreciate it so much for you to share my, my card. Just be real. Um, yeah. There's so much, you know... I feel like every community I've lived in, and I see it in New York, I see, I've seen it in Ithaca, I've seen it in Syracuse, there's so many ebb and flows in this work. People come in and they are doulas and they're really, really busy for two, three, four years, and then they may have some babies and they start to, you know, pull back a little bit. And then another wave of new doulas come in and those doulas are really, really busy. And then there's veteran doulas and seasoned doulas who've been at it, stay at it, and, you know, have practices and they're they're constantly getting work but there's a lot of people in and out in and out in and out and one of the truest things I've discovered in my own experience with this work is just sticking with something yeah is a is a huge um there like it 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 matters it works like eventually 
you grow, things happen. And I don't know if it's because we live in a world where things are happening so fast, it seems, that mm-hmm. we're wanting that, you know, but it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to grow a business and a reputation yeah, and a name. And, and I think what you're doing is personal. Like, I see, I see you putting yourself out there, and it's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. You know, I think it's just um, keep doing it. And yeah. it looks like you've partnered with London or she's kind of taken you in. Yeah, yeah, I've been. She's been taking me on some of her prenatals, and that's I'm going so to her home birth with her. So that's been good. Yeah. So yeah. you know, things like those type of relationships where London may, you know, go on vacation or want to be off in the holiday season or whatever, but then yeah. she she's going to have a stronger relationship with you, so she'll start sending you her clients. Things right. like that happen naturally yeah. because you're building stronger relationships with people. Yeah. You know, Thank you. And I think yeah. people are always looking for good doulas as backups, yeah. as people that are, feel like they're trustworthy and they can share. And I think that's one of the strengths, too, that you guys have within your own DTA community. Um, you know, that as your lives are changing and chapters are changing, you'll have this really great network that feels trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Not just Thank you. You'll have real relationships with each other. You have that already. So that's, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Who's here still? A bunch of you guys stayed on. Mm-hmm. Anyone else need, want to share anything before we head off? So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I feel like you guys are in, in a really great position. It was great to see all of your work, and I totally appreciate you sending it. Um, I can also, um, the feedback I had about some of the clauses is the main feedback for, for several of the contracts, so just take a look and see, mm-hmm. um, because everything else to me looks really strong. Um, and I read through through what you sent. Um, so, yeah, if you have any other questions, just feel free to email me. Great. So next month we have we have our book review on push, and we'll go back to our regular time. So we'll be the second mm-hmm. day. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering since we didn't, I don't, I don't think we got a, a chance to like. I guess like review everyone's if you have like specific if you have specific feedback for any of the documents you will you send those along also like back to the people that, you know whose documents they are or are you gonna just sort of keep it like general? No, I can send more like specific feedback if you're wanting more feedback. I mean. Um, when I read it through, those were the points that stood out. Um, but I'm happy to look through if somebody wants me to. And usually we'll do that, too, on the certifying call. I'll review each piece with you and um, kind of make sure that it really feels like you're in great shape and you feel comfortable. And I don't, you know, I'm not seeing anything on my end either. Okay. But those are the main things that really stick out when I when I do this review for most people. It's around protection. It's not so much about like, what questions were or weren't on the agency. I think 
some intake forms are going to be pretty general and other intake forms will be more intimate and, and ask more personal questions. And I think what Deepa said is true. There may be like a hesitancy to have some questions on an intake, but I, I really agree that the more you ask, the more um, you'll be establishing that kind of trust with your client for them to open up and share their experience and their story with you. So, but I can. Is that our point to ask? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally happy to. Okay, you guys. Well, have a great day. It's a beautiful day out there. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.